Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. It's a while since I preached on a Sunday night. I've been away on holidays in May and then we've had other events on. Just want to share a word that God put on my heart. I was praying yesterday. I said, Lord, what do I preach on Sunday night? And this, I woke up with this verse. And when that happens, I know it's the word of the Lord. 1 Timothy 4 verse 12. And this is not just for the young people. So don't tune out anyone who's uh, older. This is for everyone. 1 Timothy 4 12 in the Amplified says, Let no one look down on you because of your youth, but be an example and set a pattern for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in moral purity. Wow. Now, so like I said, don't tune out if you're not young, because the principle of this is be an example and set a pattern. That's for all of us, no matter what age we are, because guess what? There's a whole lot of people watching your life. They're watching you in your family. They're watching in your workplace. They're watching in you in relationships. They watch you in your ministry of service. There's a whole lot of people watching us, whether we think they are or not. And for some of us, we've got a lot more people watching us because we're either in a public position of work or leadership, or you put your life out on Facebook, so there's thousands watching you. So these days, we have a lot more people watching us because of social media, which can be a great tool of connection, but it can also be a great challenge. So I want to encourage you that God says, be an example and set a pattern for the believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and moral purity. I want to ask you, who's been your examples when you were growing up? Who were your examples? Maybe in your spiritual life, maybe in your sporting life, maybe in your work or professional life. Who were your examples? Have a good thing about it. If they're still alive, how long is it since you thanked them for being a good example? How long since you've maybe sent them an email or a text or a gift and says, thank you for being so consistent in my life? Maybe it was a youth leader or a pastor or someone who just believed in you, a grandparent, an uncle or an auntie or a mum or a dad. Someone who just believed in you when you weren't quite sure where your life was going, but they just never gave up because they believed in you. And you said, when I grow up, I'd love to be like them, your heroes. Wow, we all have them. I, my mum and dad were great examples for me in so many ways. I remember some of my early pastors and youth leaders. They really stirred my heart. And, and we all have them, and I still have them in my life. I still have people that I'd love to grow into their lifestyle and their example. Each words and conversation, we'll come back to these, five of them. Conduct, which is behavior and actions. Three, in love. How do you treat others? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. In faith and in moral purity. What a list. Most of you sort of tick them off and think, oh, well, three out of ten on that one, two out of ten. Oh, we've got seven on that one. No, this is not to grade yourself. This is just to stir our hearts to realize that God loves us and he wants us to be the best example we can be for whoever is around us. If you've been saved for two months and you're water baptized, you can help lead other people into that journey. Whatever we've walked in, we've got capacity to be an example to help others. So you don't have to be 10 years of Bible college and, and, uh, and 
training at uni for five years before you can be an example. No, we're all an example because we're in the journey of life and relationships. God doesn't expect perfection. Hallelujah. Woo! That's good news. When you read a verse, listen, oh, mate, we just got to have it all together and not make any more mistakes. Well, we know that's impossible in this life. The only perfect one in this life was Jesus Christ. And none of us are perfect, but we can grow and mature and become better at these so we become a better and better example. I'm sure you've met people and you've talked to them about being a Christian or following Jesus. And they say, oh, it doesn't work for me. Or all the Christians I know are a bunch of hypocrites. And if they, if they lived out what they said, then life would be different. I might be one. I'm sure you've heard that. What a shame. A, the enemy has clouded their minds. But B, they've seen people who weren't really good examples. And maybe we've been there when we were sort of struggling and we haven't been a good example. So this is not a condemnation trip. This is not a perfection trip. This is about God's calling us to consistency, faithfulness, and reliability. Isn't it awesome when you, the people you wanted to be like were usually people that were consistent, they were reliable, they were faithful. And that's what God's building into our lives. The examples, there's many examples in the Bible and Jesus is our greatest example. I just love what it says about Jesus. It says in John 13, 15, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. What's he talking about? This is when he washed the disciples' feet. They'd all been out walking all day. They had open sandals. Remember, they weren't bitumen roads or cement pathways. They were dirty. The animals walked there. It was just, when they, when they got to someone's place, the first thing that happened, there was usually a big bowl of water and a servant would wash everyone's feet as they came through the door. That's what they normally did because otherwise your feet were smelly and dirty and, and so someone washed their feet when they came to the door. This day when they came together to have a meal together, no one washed their feet. They must have been all excited. Jesus was probably telling stories and they all sat down to eat at the meal. And then it says, Jesus, knowing who he was and knowing what his destiny was and knowing that it was only a short time before he was going to die on the cross and rise again, it says he picked up the towel and he washed their feet because everyone else had forgotten to do it. And Peter says, no, don't you, Jesus, you shouldn't be washing my feet. I should be washing yours. And Jesus looked at him and said, well, why didn't you do it when we came through the door? And Jesus said to Peter, if I don't wash your feet, then you won't be one part of me. In other words, you've got to learn the example of servanthood. That was what Jesus was teaching. It's a very humbling thing to wash someone's feet. I've done it a few times and I've had my feet washed. And nearly every time someone's washed my feet in a service or in an act of servanthood, everyone ends up crying. Not because the feet are so smelly, they all just end up crying. <laughs> because it's, something happens when you, when you wash someone else's feet. It's, it's like and thinking of someone else before yourself. Because the wash feet, you've got to kneel down or get right down low. And it all speaks about servant. So Jesus' example is there. And uh, his servant heart. Matthew 4.22 says, Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him and following his example. Jesus was just the most amazing example. They just wanted to run after him, just that like each one of us has. Ephesians 4.15 says, But speaking the truth in love in all things, 
both our speech and our lives expressing His truth. Let us grow up in all things into Him, following His example, who is the head, Christ. And there's so many verses. I'll uh, just read a couple more. Ephesians 5.1 says, Therefore become imitators of God, copy Him and follow His example, as well-beloved children imitate their Father. Wow, so if you want to be a good example in your own life, I've found the people you follow will determine how well you are followable by others. So Jesus draws us to follow him. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, in the Passion says, Be imitators of God in everything you do. For then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. We are his representatives. Wow. That's what really messed up Peter and the disciples saying, Jesus, you can't go. We're not ready. You're awesome. But how are people going to follow you through us? We know how many mistakes and how many things we still haven't got sorted out yet. And sometimes we feel the same. Saying, Jesus, send a few angels because they don't, they don't sin and don't get in trouble. We just mess it up, you know. We're doing really well witnessing at work and then we have a bad day. We're sick and we lose our temper or say something and we think, oh, we're just blowing all our last six months of witnessing in this place. Has that ever happened to you? Or you reach out to some family members and they press a button of rejection in you and all of a sudden you react with wrong emotion and think, oh, what an example was that? And we all wrestle with that. But Jesus is there to help us. And it goes on and says, and continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. That's what we're singing about tonight, hey. Your love is just washing over us. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. Wow. Talk about aromatherapy. This is much more than that. This is Jesus' presence healing our souls when you get close to him. Philippians 2.5 says, Have this same attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example in selfless humility. Wow. So he was servanthood, selfless humility, and he's our example. And one more, it says in Philippians 2.4 in the Passion, abandon every display of selfishness. Wow. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory. By reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant, he became human. He humbled himself, became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example. Even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every Need to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to his Father. Let me tell you, when you speak the name of Jesus, things shift. Things change. A while ago, I was sharing with someone and they had some Real issues and challenges in their life of darkness. And every time I mentioned the name of Jesus, there was a dramatic reaction in their life. Dramatic reaction. Because darkness 
was, was just mocking the name of Jesus. You don't always see it that directly, but it's amazing. You can be having a conversation, talk about God or spirit or heaven or soul, but as soon as Jesus' name comes in, everything shifts. The atmosphere changes. And so here's our example. Don't be ashamed of the name of Jesus. Let's live in the fullness of his name and his power. And 1 Peter 2.21 says, For as a believer you have been called for this purpose, since Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you may follow in his footsteps. So even when you suffer for being a Christian, when there's persecution, misunderstanding, rejection, say, oh, it's okay to go to church. Okay, well, why are you so passionate? And why are you... Families love doing that to you, don't they? You know, well, why do you just get so passionate about it? And you're giving money to them as well. Watch out, you know. But God wants us to just be real and passionate and follow his footsteps. The Apostle Paul was a great example in the Bible. He wrote half of the New Testament. It says in 2 Timothy 3.10, Now you have diligently followed my example, that is, my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patient, love, and steadfastness. I wish he hadn't gone to verse 11. Persecutions and sufferings, such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions? I endured, but the Lord, indeed, all who delight in pursuing righteousness and are determined to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be hunted and persecuted because of their faith. Now, we don't like to hear about that, but Sharon was sharing this morning in in, in Australia, the persecution against Christians in a lot of workplaces and communities is getting stronger. Light and darkness is becoming more defined. It really is. Hey, don't be, don't be surprised by that. Let's get stronger and let's stand up and be who Jesus has called us to be. Don't be intimidated. Don't back away. Let's be just honest and truthful. Let's be tactful and wise. But let's not the church be silenced by political correctness. Let not the church be put down by the lies of the media or the enemy to try and stop you living the truth of Jesus Christ. We've got to stand up and be counted for what we believe in. Follow Jesus' example. When he was challenged by the religious leaders, he didn't back off. He stepped forward and spoke the truth. And God wants us to speak the truth. Not in an intimidating way, but in a loving, clear way of expressing our love for Jesus and our truth. And I believe the persecution is going to increase in our nation, but there's going to be also a great harvest. So in some areas of our society, it's going to become popular, become a Christian. In other areas, it's going to become very unpopular. Just get ready for it. It's coming. It's already happening. Just ask Israel for loud. God wants us to stand up for what we believe and to communicate his truth and love. 1 Corinthians 11 1 says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And the third example is our example. This is the one we sort of get a bit nervous about sometimes. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, but all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ making us acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation so that by our example, we may bring others to him. Wow, your example, when they see you praying and trusting in God and having faith when there's lots of challenges, people are really checking you out and saying, hey, is their faith real? Are their faith real just when everything's going well or when they're going through a challenge? Marilyn and I have found that sometimes when we think we're not doing that well and the challenge are coming, that's when people are watching you the closest 
And that's actually what sometimes turns them to follow Jesus because they see you just don't give up. They see your humanity. They see your struggles, but they see you've got a peace in the midst of the trial. They see you still keep believing God. You still keep going to church and you still keep reading the Bible and praising and giving him thanks for all the other good things that are happening even when your own life is struggling. Many people are checking you out when the pressure's on, not just when it's going well. And some of you came to Christ because you followed someone, you saw someone that just didn't give up. I want to encourage you, let's not buckle under pressure. Let's get stronger when the pressure comes and let the power of Jesus be revealed through our example. Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, The righteous man who walks in integrity and lives life in accordance with his godly beliefs, how blessed, happy and spiritually secure are his children after him who have his example to follow. If you're a parent or a grandparent, there's a great verse for you. Just be the example. Let, let your children and grandchildren follow you because you just don't give up. And that's why the enemy tries to tear families apart. It breaks my heart when I see people that have been married for 30 or 40 years choosing to get divorced and separated. I'm not blaming or condemning anyone here that might be through the pain, but it just tears at a whole generation's. And God says, come on, I want your strength. And if you've been through that, God's grace is sufficient to walk us through. But God wants to, for our hearts to be real and surrendered. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, um, the one we started with, I want to re- go back to that now. Let no one look down on you because of your youth, but be an example and set a pattern for the believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and moral purity. Be an example and set a pattern. Be consistent, reliable, faithful, steadfast. We all have areas of weakness and vulnerability, but keep growing into more freedom and wholeness. Do people see the nature and heart of Jesus when they are around you? I pray they do, knowing that you're real, knowing you're not perfect. And if you try and pretend to be perfect, they see through that real fast. Aussies have a real sense of knowing when someone's being false and hypocritical. We hate it. We hate it. So just be real. If you don't have the answer, don't pretend you've got the answer. Say, hey, that's an awesome question. I don't really have the best answer right now. Give me some time to go and uh, think about it or research it. Or I don't really have the answer, but these are a few things that I've learned in my life. So you share your story. That's a lot better way to go than pretend you've got all the answers to all the questions. And I've found that people respond and respect that. So in speech, our words, conversation, communication... Life and death are in the power of the tongue. All of us have been at the receiving end of encouraging words and we've all been at the receiving end of condemning destructive words. And they tear us, they cut us. What comes out of you when you are afraid, tired, angry or rejected? Whoa, that's a tough question, isn't it? Some are really good until we are really hungry and then someone just makes one comment and you explode. You're hangry. And, and God wants us to not live like that. If you're sick, you know you're vulnerable, be very careful what you say. Sometimes say less and keep your mouth closed so you don't say the wrong thing. When we're walking through disappointment or grief, sometimes stuff pours out of us. Sometimes you've got to watch what you say. Take it to Jesus and a mentor and don't talk to anyone else about those issues. Otherwise, you're going to say something really wrong. And we all get ourselves caught. Marilyn and I, we've just at the times we thought, mate, why did we talk about that then? We should have just kept our mouths shut and talked to God and a, and a mentor or someone to help us. We all struggle at times like this. 
but God's there to help us. Luke 6.45 says, People are known in this same way. Out of the virtues stored in their hearts, good and upright people will produce good fruit. But out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil. For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard in your words. In other words, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whoa, that's a great truth to learn. If I listen to someone long enough, I can usually locate where their heart is and, and what their level of trust in God is and whether they believe in and trust in people and have good relationships. Because we, we, we locate ourselves by our words. No matter how disciplined you are, I'm amazed how we, what's inside will come out. It, will, it just comes out, good or bad. I trust that when you get squeezed, good stuff comes out. Trust when you're squeezed, orange juice comes out, not sour lemon juice. Because <laughs> life has a way of squeezing us, doesn't it? <laughs> and, and I just pray that out comes life and blessing. What about this one, Ephesians 4.29? Do not let any unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth. Whoa. There's the Apostle Paul writing to the Ephesians. But only such speech as is good for building up others according to the need and the occasion. So it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please Him, by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own, for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequences of sin. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault-finding and slander be put away from you, along with every kind of malice or spitefulness, verbal abuse, malevolence, whatever that means. Be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Wow, there's a few verses we probably need to put on our screensaver for a while. They're challenging verses, but they are powerful verses. Do not let, in other words, you can control your tongue. Don't let unwholesome stuff come out of your tongue. That's what the Bible says. We can choose whether we let it come out or not. You say, well, it's all inside of me. We'll take it to Jesus first. Take it to a trusted pastor or counselor if you need to process that. Don't pour it out on Facebook or anyone else because you're disobeying the Word of God. Do not let it come out of your mouth. And if you're putting stuff on Facebook or social media, it's coming out of your heart and your mouth, whether you're saying it verbally or you're putting it out there. That's what the Word of God says. And He says, I'm going to help you to forgive and speak words of life and blessing and truth. We have junk builds up in our heart. We need to process it. And that's why we come to Jesus and we have a trusted friend or a mentor or a counselor or a pastor or a leader that you can unload and debrief when you need to. We all need people like that. But that's not everyone because they won't understand and they'll misuse it and take it and be wounded by it. God help us to put this into right order. It goes on and says, and, oh, I didn't finish. It keeps going on there. But God's there to help forgive us. Watch what we say. Secondly, in our conduct. That's our actions, behavior, lifestyle. Walk in the ways of God. And my only comment there is make good choices. Because we live by our choices. We're really good at blaming others for the problems. But the reality at the end of the day is you live by your choices. We're influenced by our past and the junk and the stuff. But 
we do make choices and God wants to help us. Thirdly, it says, be an example in love. 1 John 3.18, my dear children, let's not just talk about love, let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're truly living, living in God's reality. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism, even when there is something to it. For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So let's be an example in love. Some of us have only ever known manipulation and abuse. God teaches what your love's like because if you hang around his love, it will so overflow your heart and you'll teach you how to love and receive love. And that's what God's helping. Number four is in faith. Grow in faith. Be stretched in your faith. Hebrews 11 one says, Now faith is the assurance, the title lead, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. It says without faith it's impossible to please God. And the last one, it says in moral purity. I want to just talk about this for a couple of minutes to wrap it up. It says be an example in moral purity. Mate, we live in such a sex-soaked society, this is a real challenge. But you've got to realize when this was written, Rome was as bad or worse than our society today. So let's not say it's impossible to live a life of moral purity because it was as bad or worse than what it is today. God's there to help us. Psalm 51.10, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I love that song we sang, Clean hands, pure heart, good grace, good God. That's a great song to sing, hey? Clean hands, pure heart. God help us. We all wrestle because we get tainted by this world. We've got our own natural desires, our desire for love, for intimacy, acceptance, and sexual purity. We have pornography and junk everywhere we go. We have broken lives with, with sexual abuse and torment. And so it leaves us so vulnerable in this area of moral purity. But God has come to heal our hearts and to set us free. He's given us strength and ways that we can overcome. We can resist the temptation not to follow the crazy and pure ways and standards of this world. The psalmist said, Your word have I hidden my heart that I will not sin against you. The word of God's a great strength to help you, to help you, to strengthen you. A couple of passages, we'll wrap it up tonight. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 to 8 in the NIV says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you His Holy Spirit. Wow. This is one of those fearsome passages that young people don't like to read. You know, because it's challenging, but it's also full of hope. Because God has created us with the desire to love and be loved. He's created us with a desire for family and marriage. He's created us with creativity and all of those beautiful gifts. They're all His gifts. And sexuality is a gift of God. He wouldn't have created it if it wasn't His heart. 
and the, the power of masculinity and femininity and all that. They're beautiful gifts of God that the devil's tried to distort and destroy in a thousand ways. And this whole uh, gender fluidity argument is just so evil and destructive for, for people's identity and purpose. And Christians, we can't be sucked down that pathway and become politically correct. We don't cause strife and arguments for the sake We've got to stand by what God's plan is because that's the only thing that works. It's truth. And we need to live in the reality of that and in our own lives. It says to control your body in a way that's holy and honorable. Say, wow, the pressures are so real. They are, but God's grace is always there. It says he's given everyone who has temptations always a way of escape if you look for it. The Holy Spirit is within us. He knows how we're made. He can heal and wash and cleanse our minds and our bodies and our souls and restore when there's been destruction and pain. That's how awesome our God is. And He wants our minds to be renewed. He wants our hearts to be healed. He wants us to know what it means to have wholesome relationships of trust and care and sexual purity. It's God's plan. And He's there to help us. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, This is why we must keep running away from sexual immorality. For every other sin a person commits is external to the body, but immorality involves sinning against your own body. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the Spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside your sanctuary. You are God's expensive purchase, paid for with tears of blood, So by all means, then use your body to bring glory to God. Wow, wow, wow. No matter what age we are, we all need to love and be loved and have acceptance and intimacy and fulfillment in life and relationships. And God's created you, the beautiful person you are. And the devil's tried to destroy it. Sin has tried to mar it. And our own choices have sometimes been overwhelmed by stuff. That's why we need God's grace. That's why we need His love. And he said, so you say, how are we going to do this? We all need the grace of God, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Thanks, worship team, as you come. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, He says, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power has been perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So we need His grace, His unmerited favor, His forgiveness and hope for our lives. That's what He offers, the gospel. It's good news. But by the remarkable grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me is not without effect. In fact, I work harder than all of the apostles, though it was not I, but the grace of God. His unmerited favor and blessing was with me and upon me. We need His grace, and we need the help of the Holy Spirit. The help of the Holy Spirit. We need His help. If I didn't have the help of the Holy Spirit in my life, I don't know whether I'd still be doing what I'm doing today. I would have given up many times, but the Holy Spirit would convict challenge, inspire give me fresh courage to keep on moving on not to give up but to step up and step out 
And that's what his love is doing for us tonight. He's to help us on the journey of life. And thirdly, how are you going to do this? You need good mentors, leaders, and friends to be examples for you to follow. You can lead others as far as you've come in your life and in spiritual journey. Be the best example you can be. Don't be a slumbling, stumbling block to others. Let your life be a bridge for others to encounter Jesus. Let's stand in His presence. Let your life be a bridge, not a stumbling block. Remember, Jesus isn't looking for perfection. He's looking for people who are just saying, God, I want to follow you. I want your help. Um, Lord, help me in my speech, in my lifestyle. Help me in my faith. Help me in my example. And Lord, help me in my moral purity to be an example for others to follow. Wow, wow. We're going to sing this song tonight. I just feel the Spirit of God just these last few minutes as we, before we finish our service. A message like this will inspire you. It'll challenge us thinking, wow, people are watching me. I wonder what example I'm giving. This is not to condemn you, but it's to draw you into another place of freedom. If you're a leader in your workplace, if you're a leader in your household, if you're a leader in church life, people are watching you even more closely. For the example, that's a healthy, I call it the healthy pressure of leadership. It helps keep you focused and moving forward. If you're a parent, guess what? The kids are watching your example. You can tell them all the things to do. And if they see you doing the opposite, guess what? What are they going to do? They're going to follow your example, not what you say. Some of your school teachers here, you can tell the kids not to do something. And if they find you doing it in the classroom, guess what? You've just lost all your credibility for your example because you did what you opposite you told them to do. As friends, we can be great examples and the Holy Spirit's here to help us. God knows our weaknesses. He knows He's here to help. But tonight I just feel His beautiful love drawing us right now. I feel His beautiful love drawing us. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Basic Christian Church.